You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Along with Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bratis. We are back. Western Kentucky defeats UTEP 73-68. If you want to talk about it, now is the time to do it. 915-505-6009. Look, uh, same story. That's what I keep getting in my mentions, keeps getting in my texts, keep getting in uh, in person with people talking about me, uh, about this game with me after the game. I get it. Look, this is the same story that we find with the Miners. They play well against their opponents. They're not able to eke it out at the end. Uh, this time I could finger point at the UTEP defense. Uh, they struggled throughout the last part of this game. They allowed Western Kentucky to almost shoot 60% to win this game. Uh, Western Kentucky, by the way, out-rebounded UTEP almost by plus five, or plus five on the rebound margin. Uh, 32-27, they won the rebound margin. Miners also had 19 turnovers. That really hurt them in this game. Every time the Miners have almost 20 turnovers, um, yeah, it doesn't mean good for them whatsoever offensively. There were some shining moments. There's some players we can highlight. There's people that we can you know praise in this game, but again, for the Miners, having to regroup Seasons uh, dwindling down to the final games. Uh, they have their final game Saturday against Middle Tennessee at home, Senior Day, and then the final uh, couple weeks, or I should just say the week, um, with the Conference USA tournament out at Frisco. We've been talking all week long on Sports Talk where UTEP will land. It looks like now the best case scenario is UTEP could get a ninth seed if they win Saturday, but I don't think that's likely, Sal. I mean, Middle Tennessee is a really good team. They just beat out the likes of North Texas. They've clinched a fourth overall seed. They want to keep winning and uh, bring more momentum into Frisco next week. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, Middle Tennessee just yeah dropped that they game dropped to North it, yeah. Texas. But that uh, gives them that even more of an incentive to actually win this one um, just to try to get you know right. Uh, in terms of momentum going into yeah. CUSA tournament. And, Sal, one of the big things um, through through all this right here, doesn't matter if UTEP's the ninth seed, the tenth seed, doesn't really yeah. matter right now. We kind of know where this season is going for UTEP, and unfortunately it's not positive uh, for minor fans. No, yeah, and, and I think the, the sample size is, um, is there long enough, right? Obviously one final game in the regular season remains, but you've gotten the same taste from you know the last couple of months from this team so I think you pretty much know what to expect you're not going to knock the effort it's just they they don't have it you know at the end of the day whether it be depth whether yeah. um, you know if they're shooting lights out chances are the other team's shooting lights out too and it's hard yeah. to outgun somebody so um, and, and on that note right how you were talking about Middle Tennessee I know you mentioned um, the loss to North Texas but even then too this is a team who got a win over Florida Atlantic 74 to 70 um, they, they actually reeled off a, a three game win streak going into the game against North Texas and um, right before that um, you know earlier on in the year not right before it but earlier on though they did have a win against Rice and uh, UAB check it out a four game win streak which features wins over Rice UAB and Charlotte so this team um, you know has proven that they can get it done in recent stretches going towards their um, their earlier part of the season they did have a win against Murray State everybody knows about that school there and um, you know aside from that not too well of a of a schedule to brag about but this is a team that 
is currently 18 and 12 as it stands, and they have a chance to crack the 20 win mark. I think that's you know what? Be noted. I would also say this, Sal, to your point, I think they have a chance for the 20 win mark. And for an NIT appearance. There because it is. Yeah. Middle Tennessee has been good all season long. Uh, Nicholas McDevitt is a good coach in Middle Tennessee. That team is going to, you know, they're going to challenge teams like Liberty, teams like Western Kentucky next year, and of yeah. course, uh, you know, the likes of, uh, I, I guess you could even throw in Sam Houston State in the mix, but teams who will be a top Conference USA next year, teams who are going to compete for that Conference USA title. And for right now, I mean, the way it stands right now, bringing it back to the Utah. At minors, we don't know how they're going to compete next year simply because we we think it's going to be a, an entirely new roster and it kind of needs to be knowing what we've seen this past year and how much the miners have struggled uh, with the team they've had. So I, I don't know. I mean, the yeah. the future is still uncertain for the miners. I don't know what to make of things uh, for this team, but I do know this. Uh, when it comes to the miners this year, they have competed. They have fought in games. They just cannot come up victorious. And let's not think that Western Kentucky is this great team by any means. I mean, they're all right, but when I saw them today, they're just bigger than UTEP. They're way more physical than UTEP, and when you see them on the court, um, the size difference is noteworthy right off yeah. the bat. It jumps jumps off right away. Like, wow, this Western Kentucky team has size and physicality. UTEP just simply doesn't. I think uh, to that point as well, uh, not only being bigger than UTEP, but on paper, and, and this is mentioned you know, pretty much all throughout any game that Western Kentucky plays by the opposition, is just the, the sheer talent that they have on the roster. It hasn't worked out, but on paper, it's one of the more um, more favorable teams in Conference USA. There's transfers from all over the place, and then you, you throw in a guy, uh, Sharp, who is leading the nation in, uh, in shot blocks per game, and for good reason. So the, the piece are there. I know that fans of, of UTEP are frustrated, but if you're a Western Kentucky fan, you can imagine the the, the frustration that they have, knowing that this team should be a lot oh. better than what their record implies. But let's just say Good they point. get hot too in Conference USA. That could be a scary team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. I just thought it was interesting to hear that. Uh, you know, see it all over social media, but then hear uh, Steve and um, and uh, Tyesh talk about that. You know, in the pregame. Yeah, I didn't realize they were projected to be number two in CUSA, yeah. and yeah, they've really fallen behind all their I guess early season predictions but no one thought FAU would be where they are no one yeah. thought you know people I guess thought UAB would be atop the league which they're third uh, and they're probably going to contend for a CUSA title but this Middle Tennessee team this Western Kentucky team those are kind of those dark horse teams that you cannot overlook yeah. simply because the the roster they bring uh, the experience they bring also I mean look at Western Kentucky we talk about minutes continuity and D1 experience Western Kentucky, to your point, Sal, they are 47th in the country in Division One experience when you're talking about all the players they have who played D1 basketball even at their previous spots. Yeah. I remember Joe Golding recruiting Jarius Hamilton uh, to UTEP prior to last year. So that would have been Joe Golding's first year. And instead, uh, Hamilton ends up at Western Kentucky. He's a good player. I mean, he's kind of like that rotational um, six foot eight guy that you could use 
as the, at that three position with a lot of physicality. UTEP doesn't have that that on their team, and I think they would like to have a guy like that, an Isaiah Crawford, a Jarius Hamilton, somebody who could be kind of like an Alfred Hollins for this UTEP team and help them out when they need it. Just kind of a rotational piece, play strong defense, hit shots when you can or, or when you're asked to, and just be a, a good rotational player uh, that you can have on your team. But Sal, as we as we continue here, our, our telephone number again nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. I think the fan the fan support is down. I think you and I are going to hear a lot more Saturday and next week because those two shows, we are really going to start turning the page and looking to next year and start to see what's what's happening in the future. And I guess one of the first things that we can look into as far as the future goes, I mean, it has to be this UTEP basketball team um, and what we see from their roster, who ends up coming back and uh, who they start, decide to move on from. And, and you know what? What is the point of emphasis in the uh, in the recruiting part as well? What if you're Joe Golden and staff? What is it that you see this team lacks that you really want to emphasize in bringing into the this roster next year? Basically, and, and that's one part, right? Getting what you want, but ultimately, can you beat out some of these other, um, you know, schools and coaches who are pursuing some of the same guys that you are? You know, if it comes down to you being one of the finalists, we've seen them lose out on some of these guys in the past. Deshondre Washington, right down the road. Um, you know, j- just one of a few. You just mentioned uh, Hamilton uh, not too long ago here. How can you win that recruiting battle when you have them, you know, within reach? That's going to be a big telling part, too. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I-, I totally am with you there, Sal. Our telephone number today, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That's at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, this is kind of an interesting nugget to know, Sal, and you tell me what you think about this one. Miners tonight had eight steals. Now, you do the math, uh, 25 minus eight. Uh, your boy's not a math major. 17. 17. <laughs> UTEP needs 17 steals to close out the season to get the most steals in a single season as a team in program history. Uh, the all-time record was set by the 2009 or 2009-2010 team who had 288 steals as a team. Uh, that's the same team that had Derek Character, Moultrie, Stone, Culpepper, Polk. Mm. Uh, what do you think about that there, Sal? You know what? I think it says a lot about this team playing to their strengths, which is defense. Uh, but you got to do more than that, right? And I, yes. I, I think they're going to break it for sure. I mean, they because there's two games left, if you really think about it. Yes. You know, it, and if they're averaging, I don't know what they're averaging per game, I'd imagine. It's like nine. If it's nine, yeah. So if they need, what, 17? And, uh, <laughs> you know, they would get 18 if, the, if they get the average, so to speak. But they could get hot at some point and, you know, maybe even break it the next game if they Let's play see. really well on defense. However, the name of the game is to get buckets. you got to score, and they're just not adept at that this year. Yeah, I mean, we can praise them for all the defense that we see out there. The defensive metrics look good. I mean, UTEP is number one in turnovers forced per game in Conference USA. They are number one in steals per game in the league as well. Calvin Solomon, Shamar Givens, they're atop the league in steals per game as well. So UTEP has a lot of this prowess uh, in terms of what they can bring defensively on the stat sheet. But when you're looking at them as a whole, well, they, they give up some easy buckets. And at times, 
UTEP yeah. is the same team who cannot hit the three-pointer, cannot hit those free throws when they need it. And that's what you need to in order to win games and actually be a contender in, in this league. And uh, too many times that we've seen UTEP struggle in those situations uh, that, you know, that we're kind of talking about right there. Our telephone number here on the show, 915-505-6009. JJ Minor Fan wants to get on the show, talk a little UTEP hoops. Our telephone number again, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. JJ, what's going on? Good evening. What's going on, Adrian Zell? How's everything going tonight? Hey, everything's going great. JJ, what about yourself? Well, it could be better if we would have won, but... Uh, hey, I hear you. <laughs> just just want to say, honestly, I'm going to be... I haven't called in a while, but I hate to say it, but I think Goldie is over his head. Honestly, he tries to fix one thing, and other things fall apart. It's like a dog chasing his tail. Everything in the beginning was about free throws. Okay, apparently we're getting free throws together. Then it's threes. And guess what? He's trying to fix the threes, and now our defense is suffering. It's going around and around and around. I mean, he doesn't know where to fix all, all of them. Okay, I, mean, I, 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 can, I can understand what you're saying there, JJ. I think it's a fair point. Can I ask you something really quick? And, and I don't mean to cut you off because I want you to continue yeah, yeah. your point. But I just want to ask you, do you kind of feel like he has done all these things? Like you're saying, hey, the free throw's an issue. Let's try to fix the free throws. The shooting's an issue. Okay, well, let's out-defend def- uh, out everybody that we go up against so our defense carries us throughout the game. Do you feel like him making kind of all these runaround decisions as a coach has maybe exhausted the options for this current team and he's landed on the fact that maybe this team just doesn't have it and maybe that's not the right answer but I'm just saying do you think that's where it is right now with this team that's a very good point and to be honest with you it all comes down to his recruiting I mean he's the one that recruited those players he's the one that noticed that you know what I have to recruit these players for this kind of offense and defense I'm trying to run so that's a very good point I agree I agree but with you completely comes down to him yeah, I agree with you. If it's if it's recruiting, then you got to hold the coach accountable. Hey, I'll say this: this is year one of recruiting, essentially, because the year before he had to re-recruit the current roster that was left by Rodney Terry instead of gutting the entire team. And yeah, he lost out on some recruits, and he could have recruited a little bit better on that first round. But it was just year one, or kind of year zero, because it wasn't a full off season. So now we're seeing, you know, maybe thirteen months worth of recruiting efforts from Joe Golding displayed in front of us as a result here um, you know in year two of Joe Golding at the helm of UTEP basketball now we're going to have to hold this coaching staff accountable in year three uh, and seeing who they can get what kind of talent they could bring and how much they can upgrade the roster to compete against conference USA teams that you know it just this year I felt like UTEP in these games they hung in there but they were just outmatched I, if if they had half the talent some of these other teams had uh, they would they would definitely win some of these games in my my mind. Amen to that. Actually, Adrian, you know that you mentioned that. I mean, I was there. I was there in Gillespie's first year. I mean, that that first team, like, it was like they had heart. I mean, the record was horrible, but they had heart and identity, and the fans were with them. And Gillespie, you know, people compared uh, Goldie to Gillespie when he came in about the energy, about, you know, the team camaraderie, but Comparing the team to Gillespie's first year, this is night and day. And honestly, um, I, I, I don't, I don't really have faith to go to turn it around. 
Really? You don't? You don't think he can? No, I lost it. What What happened? What What is it that you don't believe? It's just year two. You don't want to give him a little more time? Well, I mean, you were there. Well, Sal was probably there. But in Gillespie's first year, you could see the spark. You could have seen it. Uh, you could see the everybody was there. Even though there was a losing team, you could see the spark. The, everybody wanted to play for him, and and everything was there. You know, and even though we had a horrible record, everything was there. And this team, uh, and it, this team, it doesn't it doesn't show me much. Right, but I mean, what I'm kind of thinking, me, JJ, is I'm kind of thinking is they tear down this team. I think that they kind of retool with the new roster, and maybe fans don't want to see that. Fans want to see a little more continuity and players they can latch onto it and maybe associate themselves a little more. But the reality is, is that's roster making in uh, college basketball nowadays. We do not have to wait four years for a person to graduate in order to leave. We see players leave on a year to year basis now. Very good point, and hopefully, but I just don't see that spark that I saw back in Leslie's days. Sure, or fair even enough. Barbies. Yeah, that's fair. I, I hear what you're saying. Hey, I, I'll ask you this: What do you think it'll take for them to turn it around or like change things uh, completely? Besides the recruits. Uh, well, you just answer my question right there. A recruiter. It's going to take a recruiter. I mean, Gillespie. Yeah, maybe has the X's and O's, but we need the the talent. We we need the recruiter. Um, and I hate to say it, and I know it's a long shot, and I know people or other minor friends are going to laugh at me, but I'd take a Chris Beard talent uh, recruiter uh, over anything right about now, to be honest with you, because we need that talent. It comes down to the talent. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, JJ, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, I agree completely. It comes down to the talent. If you want to ask or say that UTEP needs to prioritize a recruiting coach, I also agree with that as well. Mm. And I would say that I'm not ready to write off this coaching staff. Maybe you just add to it with somebody who could be uh, a good uh, recruiter to your staff. Now, Sal, the the final point that he made there with the Chris Beard, or whether it's Chris Beard, whether it's anybody with baggage behind them, yeah. I'm just not necessarily a fan of doing things like that, but you do have to factor in. I, I will entertain this, knowing uh, the connection and the friend, you know, the friendship that Chris Beard and uh, Joe Golding have off the court, and how that you know dates all the way back to when they were in college. But at the same time, I, I don't. I think that's a little far fetched. I think that's a little too soon uh, to say something like that, especially as an assistant. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, we're yeah. I mean, there's the saying, right? Time heals all wounds, but it depends. Depends on on who the victim is. Basically, that that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But to to kind of you know pinpoint the recruiting, UTEP had that in Rodney Terry. They had that, and what the fans do, they wanted to run him out of the city year three. That's right. Some wanted to do it right away in year two. So UTEP had that. So it's like now that you got a coach, they said these are the words of the fans: We want a a coach that the players are going to play for, that they're going to believe in. They have that this year. Every single game, whether they've been blown out, whether they've won, the team has fought 110 percent for the coach, and you have that this year. Now that it's on the other side, how are you feeling about it? And it's, I mean, it's different because it's different seasons, but um, I don't know, just something interesting to point out. Yeah, it is something interesting to point out, and I think some fans would disagree with you, Sal. I think some fans would say, well, I don't know if 
this uh, coaching staff is really getting the buy-in from some of their players. But to those people that right there, I would say, hey, don't be caught off by a couple a couple players who might not be playing as well or on par yeah. to where we thought they would as you know before. And I think the perfect example to that is Mario McKinney, who was there tonight, by the way. He was actually watching the game behind the bench uh, in the crowd as a fan. Really interesting to see Mario McKinney there after a while. But nonetheless... Um, I think I hear I hear where they're saying I uh, hear what um, you know those fans are saying when they argue against the fact that uh, Joe Golding's guys are you know, they, they'll argue hey Joe Golding's guys are checked out <laughs> yeah. they've lost he's lost the locker room all that thing I don't bl- buy that because they fought in some of these games but I do think that there it has been some wear on this season I think there has been some exhaustion uh, this se- this team has hit a lot of um, adversity. And at the same time, I think they've been overworked. It's it's kind of over, you know, it's almost overwhelming when you've just tried so many different things and all those things don't work. And at that point, it just boils yeah. down to frustration and acceptance. Like, hey, we're just not at this point that we thought we'd be. And I think that they've gotten the most, the coaching staff has gotten the most out of these guys. And so it all goes back to recruiting. Get better guys. And you know what? They what's that saying? Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, I I don't even think it's necessarily that. I think this team is doing the best that they can do. They they just don't have it to outmatch another team when it's all said and done. They they can yeah. beat a team for thirty minutes out of the game, but they might run out of gas. You know, there might be no more gas in the tank, and the other team could just run them off the floor because of depth. You name it. They, they fix one point. part, something else falls apart. And um, in the full aspect of the team, I just don't think they can go toe-to-toe with some of these other teams. And it goes far beyond the effort. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the show. You could also tweet the show, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Our show is presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Let's go to Rob, who's joining us next on the phone lines hey good evening rob what's going on not much man uh just enjoying uh i'm enjoying all this nba man i think the i think the nba is gonna we're, we're set for a deep playoffs i think uh, oh man i'm so ready i'm i'm you uh me and sal over here watching clippers warriors right now as we speak yeah it's it's so deep from east to west uh it's awesome you know, yeah, but, definitely. Uh, I'm I'm really looking for this NBA season. But hey, we got to wrap up this college basketball season, Rob, one way or the other. Even if it's on a negative note. So how are we, how are we going to remember this season? Uh, it's I think I think it's I I don't I don't even know. I hopefully we don't remember it. But um, what do you, what do you say? Um, yeah, about about I think there was a, a caller earlier about Golding, and I, I think Golding is is one of the best coaches as far as. As getting the most out of what's on the floor, I think that's undeniable. But I think the issue, and it might be bigger than Golding, is is going to be uh, recruiting. And NIL, you know, changed the landscape of, of college basketball. But I think it's people think people think to Texas and Kentucky, and I'm like, no, like UAB and Western Kentucky have taken advantage of NIL. Mm, and if UTEP, point. if UTEP is going to compete in the conference not not you know beyond that but i'm just talking about the conference they're going to compete in the conference they have to they have to be able to 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 shell out some nil dollars because look at what 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 the roster uab was able to put together with what they got um you know and until they fix that uh you know i don't even think uh 
you know, Mike Mike Krzyzewski could win a UTEP without. Yeah, I, I think pre you're preaching to the choir, my friend. You're saying all the right things on this. I, I think you hit this uh, ten out of ten correctly because even if UTEP hires the greatest recruiting coordinator out there and tries to bring in guys, it doesn't matter. Money will talk. Money says everything for for these college recruits, and NIL has to be a resource that UTEP figures out a way to get into it. So before you go out and spend money on a recruiting coach, make sure you have the money uh, for the NIL dollars that you need down the line, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, look at, um, look at you know, all the resources that, you know, Terry's afforded at Texas. Um, they essentially have an unlimited budget. I mean, any coach could win with, when you know, when you got a budget like that and uh, coaching staff like that, you know. But yeah, um, I'm just looking at how, how UAB was doing it and how I, I even saw that Western Kentucky's got a, a two Mr. Kentuckys on the roster, you know, and uh, you know those guys don't come free, and and uh, maybe they has- don't all pan out. That's another thing. Is some would argue, well, look at the guys; they're not all great, but still, it's good to get those. If that guy is your rotational piece, if uh, Mr. Kentucky is on your bench, that probably means a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I just I just say that because essentially, I, and I say I make the positive comment about Golden because I. I he basically went farther than Terry with the same roster. That's why I say I think he could get more out of his players. But I think the issue right now is is, is definitely recruiting, not uh, not coaching. I mean, how many? I mean, how many wide open shots do they miss? You know, it's not. At, you know, at some point in time, you got to stop blaming the coach. There's only so much he could do. He just right. doesn't have. You know, he doesn't have the horses in the race, and um, it's really unfortunate. And I hope that the athletic programs uh, can can you know adapt adapt and overcome and and start shelling out some uh, some dollars from these local donors I mean dude I live I live uh, what do you call it? I live far east El Paso and if you go far enough east they're putting million dollar houses out here so I know El Paso is the money people- man there's no excuse we know it you know it I know it Hunter knows it who's next with us on the phone lines uh, but Rob I, I just gotta say thank you for uh, calling in on the show I appreciate it as always man good takes today uh, let's keep things moving Hunter is next on the phone lines our telephone number 915-505-6009 to get into the show we got Hunter and then Kevin on deck Hunter what's going on man not much man you guys uh, we're hanging in, Hunter. We're almost done with the basketball season. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> uh, what do you What do you think, man? Give us Give us your I rundown. Think, I think even the athletic department's ready for it just to end. You know, close the turn the page and move forward. I know, man. I I don't think uh, I don't remember the last time I felt a general consensus. Like I, I'm not talking about just one person, just two people. I'm talking a general consensus of everybody being ready for the season to be over, like this time around. You know, because we're it, it, people aren't used to a season like this, and it it's exhausting. It's exhausting for coaches, for players, for for fans. It's just. It takes a lot out of you if you support a program like this. So I think that's that's why it's like this. There's no energy around it, uh, positive energy at least. Uh, so I think that's what causes it, really. But uh, you know, I appreciate you guys being, uh, you know, more honest. You know, uh, you know, I uh, I was listening to the post game show and yelling, you know, the the uh, 
uh, always optimist that he is, endlessly optimist. You know, oh, they can still make a run. No, they can't. This team is not capable of a run. Coach Golding might be capable of a run, of a run but not with this team. Uh, so it's not happening. And I think you guys are, are being real and, uh, and, and genuine, unlike uh, some, some uh, delusional folks. That well, well I'm just going to say this. To defend our pal uh, Steve Yellen, he's trying to be the eternal optimist for UTEP basketball. But how, how do you keep a glass half full knowing this team is where it is right now? And, and to me, the, uh, the optimistic view is more on the coaching staff. Turn the page on the season, uh, trust in the coaching staff, and hope that they can bring a team in next year that's better than what we're seeing right now. But do you trust the coaching staff? Not Golden. Do you touch – you? Do you trust them, the staff? That's a good question. I don't know if we I, – I don't know. I think my my final answer is I don't know as of right now um, because we haven't seen it. So um, I would I could tell you no, but then at the same time, somebody arguing for the coaching staff could say, hey, well, you're only giving them a full year of recruiting. Uh, 13 months is really it, all, all that you're giving them for recruiting a team. And on the flip side, if I say, yes, I do trust the coaching staff, well, that's only 13 months. What can you really judge off 13 months, even even the positives? So uh, I'm curious to see this offseason because now we're talking about three full years here at UTEP. We're talking about two full offseasons here under head coach Joe Golding, and I want to see what happens then. But, but that, that's a moot point because your point earlier was college basketball has changed, and each year the roster changes, so you only get 12 months anyway. So what's the point? Everybody's doing it. So it's not like you build rosters anymore. You you get one for the year and you see what you can do with it. And this is what they did for the year and they see what they can do with it. And it's nothing. So the concern is, do they know what kind of talent that they need and are they capable of getting it? And I, I think the answer is no. I think the I answer think- to the second one might be no until they get the NIL resources. Not even that. What does that matter? Money has always been paid. We all know that. That's been college basketball for years. Now you can just do it openly. Only different. College basketball, everybody, oh, it's changed. It has not. That money's been given. It's just been in a different way. So recruiting is recruiting at the mid-major level any way you split it. Can you evaluate talent? Can you close on that talent? Can you bring it in? What do you do with it? So, you know, this offseason will be a larger indicator in the way of, If he keeps his entire staff, now we're going to know. If if we start to see, like, hey, these two assistants took off or, you know, Boykins is out, uh, then we know that they weren't capable and he knows that and he's going to bring in people that are capable. So that's the biggest indicator right after the season. Well, what happens if the staff remains intact? This this past year's staff did not remain intact, by the way. Well, they're a year-to-year deal like anybody else, so – Typically, you have some turnover at assistant coaches every every program, at least one. Right. But but I mean that that's just college basketball. Everybody's year to year at that at that point. I think if they do have turnover, the the, the school has to make it a priority, increase that budget, and uh, bring in a top recruiter because he's not it. You know, he doesn't have to be. Not every head coach is a top recruiter, but they're coaches. So if he can, if they, they'll cough up the money, bring in a top recruiter. We got hope next year. If they do not, I think it's going to be more of the same, and it's unfortunate because a good coach will go to waste. And to South's point, which I don't really get the point, to be honest, this will be my last point. You know, 
I, I don't know what he was getting at when he says, you know, well, years ago we had the talent and we were complaining that we wanted a better coach, and now we have a better coach and we're complaining we don't have the talent. Well, obviously, that's like if you want to get a house built and the first guy comes in and uses the best uh, materials, but he can't build a house worth anything, so you live in a terrible house. The next guy comes with, uh, you know, average materials or worse and can build the heck out of a house, but you, you, don't get a good, you don't have a good house. You need both. So that's why you're complaining. We don't have a winner. So however we get to that winner is what people want to see. People didn't want Terry because he was not a winner. He could bring in talent, couldn't win with it. People are frustrated with Golding because he's a good coach, can't bring in talent to win. So that, that's where the, the frustration is. There's no secret to it. But, you know, offseason will tell a lot, starting from the first two weeks. Is he keeping the staff or not? And that's where we'll see what direction he Hey, we got, we got to save the offseason uh, conversation till at least the last night, Hunter. Let's, uh, let's save it to next week, okay? Let's talk and let's predict who's going to leave, who's going to do that. Let's give all the hot takes next, next week, okay? <laughs> I'll give you that, man. We got two games left <laughs> before those. All right, Hunter, you take care. Thanks for calling in on the show. Uh, let's keep things moving here on Minor Talk. Our telephone number here, 915-505-6009. Before we do that, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. By the way, I understood your point there, Sal, that Hunter was talking about. I, you were on the phone there talking, but I'm just going to defend yourself because he was he yeah, was, was talking line, about no, no, no. He <laughs> was talking about um, uh, Hunter was mentioning that he didn't really understand your point about uh, referencing Rodney Terry, who didn't re- who recruited well but didn't mm-hmm. win, and then Golding, who uh, is coaching well but didn't isn't necessarily panning out with some of the recruits that he had this past year. Um, I think the overall all theme, exactly what Hunter said, is winning. Winning solves it exactly. all. Winning is what the, the fans want, and that's kind of the next step for Joe Golding to do with uh, this next batch of guys, whoever it might be in this offseason, is prove that they can win and get back to the winning ways like he did his year his first year when they yeah. won 20 games. Whether it's offensively or defensively, whatever it's funny, right? Whatever side of the fence you're on, you look at the other side saying, dang, if we had that, team would be X, Y, Z better. Now it's flipped around. It's like, dang, if we had recruiting, team would be much better. But then you flip it around a couple years ago, hey, if they had a coach that that these guys could buy 110% into, you know, would be much different. Like, you've had both. You just haven't exactly. had the consistent, uh, you know, winning, so to speak. Uh, Shannon Sharpie tweets the show, that was terrible timing for an alley play. 47 seconds left, down by five, question mark, horrible decision making, hashtag minor talk. King Eric at King Eric 17, nothing to say. Pinky tweets the show, same story. Adrian at Enemy Win 3, uh, three tweets the show, Onyema and Kalu are great on defense, but they don't get rewarded enough on offense. Countless times I saw them carve out space, call for the ball, but guards took the low percentage shot. Instead, feed the bigs. Hashtag minor talk. Um, I think that's a really good, uh, really, really good stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good thing right there that you put on this one here, Adrian. I would say for something like this one right here, the bigs like Onyema and Kalu, they are excellent on defense and uh, rewarded offensively. I mean, tonight, 
no one's getting re- rewarded offensively. I'm just going to be honest with you completely there. Uh, Jamarian Sharp, what he's doing down low in the post, uh, that really hurt Onyema in a big way. And Onyema's been playing great over the past stretch. This just, uh, I think this hurt his uh, his play down low when you're going up a guy that big. Uh, let's go to Kevin, who's joining us on the show, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. Kevin, what's going on? Thanks for calling in on the show. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Sal. How are you guys doing? Sorry for the late-night call. No, we appreciate the late-night call. Kevin, what's going on with you, man? Nothing, man. Just trying to unpack this this whole entire season. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to start next year. You know, it's the, the, the mood has been with the past callers. Yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, what are you hoping for for next uh, or for the offseason and for next year? You know, I, I, I was listening to some of your callers right now, Adrian, and a lot of them are just like kind of in overreaction mode, you know. And Sal um, mentioned this program isn't used to losing, you know, but I, I, this was like year one for Golding, in my opinion. You know, he this was his first recruiting class and stuff, and um, people are forgetting, you know, like, Don Haskins didn't just come in here and, you know, start winning national championships from day one. You know, it's going to take some time for Golding, you know, to build his program. I still got faith in him, you know. I know a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but I think like half of the fan base has kind of checked out on him, but I I still got faith in him, guys. You know what? I'm not going to – I think you're getting the – you're not getting the full scope of fans who are checking out here, Kevin. If I had to give a percentage, and I'll ask you, Sal, I would say maybe 30% of fans have checked out, uh, and um. I would say that. I would say not checked out. I would say something where they have been maybe irrationally checking out. What do you think about that, Sal? You, you know what? I, I mean, senior day is coming up, so uh, even though they lost this game, attendance being, I don't know how, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, generous, the 37-25 is, that was listed as the mm-hmm. attendance, I still think it's going to be higher in the last game, just for the fact that it's senior day. Yeah, it's an afternoon game and what have you. But but with all that being said, and I'm kind of going into a, a whole other aspect here, we did the game um, UTEP at FIU, uh, FAU, I'm sorry, and they broke the, the attendance. It was like 3,200 and something, and they're getting that. They're filling out the mm-hmm. stadium, albeit 3,200. Um, but it, it kind of just baffled me like, hey, this is a team who was really powerful this year in basketball. They're, they filled every every seat in the stand. But even tonight's attendance by UTEP still out. What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, outselling, I guess. I don't know what the word is. Yeah. 400 more butts in the seats than FAU, mm-hmm. who's a top conference USA. So wow. if, if this team's checked out Damn. attendance-wise, they'll still be there, you know, atop the conference when it comes to, um, you know, number of fans attended when you look at the whole conference, uh, you know, home schedule, I guess. Hey, Kevin, I want to ask you this. If you could pick uh, three guys to keep back for next year, who would it be? Oh, my gosh. You're putting me on the spot here. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Honestly, I, I, I like what I see from Tay Hardy. I kind of want him to stay. You know, I mean, I think some things he needs to clean up offensively, but I kind of want him to stay, man. And uh, I got to go the same with Derek Onyema. You know, it's kind of biased just because I have been a big fan of him since, you know, his freshman year last year. And so I kind of want him to stay. And then yeah, who would be the third guy? They probably Otis Frazier. Okay. You know? I, I like I, it. I, I like what I like what I've seen from him and Calvin Solomon. Honestly, it's a hard third player to like keep but probably go with Otis but man I I like what I see for both of those guys okay Kevin hey I appreciate it man anything else on your mind 
No, that's it, guys. You guys have a great night, okay? All right, you too, Kevin. Hey, great to hear from you, my man. Uh, that's Kevin joining us here on the show as we continue. A couple other tweets to get to. Adrian at EnemyWin3 tweets the show, We can't afford to rebuild every year. We have to keep at least three or four of our top players or we won't get any better. Hashtag minor talk. Um, I've, I've said this once and I'll say it again. I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, I As much as we want to harp on this team, as much as fans hold this team accountable, as negative as fans are about this team currently, you have to understand that scrapping this entire team and just uh, rewriting an entire roster next year is not necessarily the greatest thing out there. That's not. Look at the teams that we just reeled off in terms of the best in Conference USA. Florida Atlantic, they have a lot of guys coming back from or who came back from last year. Yep. Same with North Texas. Same with UAB. Same with Middle Tennessee. That's your top four right there in Conference USA. Say you need continuity on your roster in order to have that kind of growth within your program. And, and you know what? It's interesting you mentioned all that because the team uh, they were in fifth place, now in sixth. But uh, that team being Rice, minutes continuity playing a big, big role in their success this year. So albeit they're the sixth seed, could be a scary sixth seed in the conference tournament. There you go. I like that, Sal. Good stuff right there. Uh, hey, let's do this. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll continue with more phone calls. Our telephone number. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number here on the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. We got more tweets to get to, more calls to get to as well. Stay with us. Minor Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, as we continue here on Minor Talk, along with Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradis. Thanks, Sal and Zay, for hosting the show this past Saturday against uh, FAU here on Minor Talk. We continue tonight, UTEP Falls against Western Kentucky, 73-68. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. We'll get to awards here in a little bit. Uh, by the way, on the women's side, they had a back-and-forth contest against Western Kentucky, and they fell. Uh, late rally for the Miners fell short, and they lost that one 62-59 on the road. Uh, tough break for the women's basketball team which I thought was really turning a corner, but they just can never string off two back-to-back wins. Uh, and it just it shows you that it's tough to win in Conference USA on the women's side. There's a lot of parity on the women's side. And my question, you know, my question is just how far will this team go when it comes to Frisco and that CUSA tournament? And they need that bye. I mean, I was talking to Zay, and he says they've got that bye locked in, um, you know, at, at least a four seed for the minors. But, I mean, that's so important, and they have to try Try to avoid Rice because it seems like Rice is their kryptonite mm. when it's all said and done. Year in and year out too, and, and not only for UTEP but any team that's a top conference USA, right? Yeah. Rice is going to be a thorn in their side, and this kind of this even precedes the time of the Awumake sisters. Just just for reference, I don't know if you all know who they are, but really, really great basketball players. That that whole uh, bloodline is full of uh, tremendous athletes, but nonetheless, though Rice is um, is somebody that nobody really wants to face now UTEP going up against um, you know after taking on Western which was the number uh, now the number two seed kind of like locked in basically they go up against the number one team in Conference USA who's still going to try and and prove a point you know they face some tough losses on their end one being against UTEP it's a little bit different though now they're on the road they're at the uh, Murphy Center in uh, Murfreesboro so we'll see how the Miners can hold up in this game and and I think it's important because although that buy is is locked in um, 
how well do you want to play going into the conference tournament? Do you want to go in riding a losing streak or coming off of a win against the top team in Conference USA? I, I don't think Baker's going to bow out at any point. He's definitely going to have this team ready to fight all 40 minutes and plus if needed. Uh, but Middle Tennessee wants that revenge factor too, so it'll be really, really interesting to see. Uh, let's continue on Twitter. Our uh, Twitter handle, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, or you can use the hashtag MinorTalk to get in on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We've got lines available if you'd like to weigh in on the show now's the time to do it Tristan Pence tweets the show five straight home losses isn't going to get the Don Haskins Center rocking again again this UTEP basketball team has regressed to the point that UTSA is playing better basketball 100% the fault of the coaching staff it's too bad Shamar Givens uh, final season isn't better than this I mean I'm with you on all those points five straight home losses that just sunk in right now to me that was their pride they prided themselves on protecting home court and losing five times in a, in the row at the Haskins Center. Yeah, that I mean, now the fact that you say that, Tristan, um, it really shows how glaring these losses have been. Uh, as far as have they have regressed to the point UTSA is playing better. I mean, hey, UTSA has strung along a couple of victories under their belt. Uh, they've won back to back for the first time, I think, all year. Uh, maybe all the way back in, uh, you know. To, to uh, November when they beat Texas State and Prairie View in back-to-back games. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good point, Tristan. Also, uh, the point of too bad Shamar Givens' final season isn't better than this. Yeah, Shamar is just playing his ass off right now. He is playing with so much heart. Uh, he's trying so hard right now, knowing that these are his final couple games here of college basketball, and uh, it's commendable. But, yeah, it's too bad that it wasn't better than this. His final year. A uh, couple other tweets to get to. Adrian at Enemy Win 3 tweets to show talent trumps coaching. With Terry, we had chance to win. With Golding, we have no chance. Mm, I mean, they've, they've had a lot of close games this year, so it's, I, I wouldn't fully agree. I think it depends on how the game's going, but we, we've seen it close enough on both sides. I mean, if that's the route that they want to go, that's fine, but. How about this? You've seen enough of a sample size on on both ends to form your opinion and feel validated in it, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Uh, And Adrian follows it up by saying, if we could keep four guys next year, my picks would be Onyema, Kalu, Solomon, and Hardy. Okay, interesting. He likes Kalu. He wants to. He wants him to run it back with him. Uh, interesting, right there, Adrian. JD Aziz tweets the show. Great job, Adrian and Sal, on keeping minor talk positive. <laughs> this was a tough season with a brisk positive start before the slow nosedive. Che- thanks for all you do. Cheers. Coming from JD. Hey, cheers to you, JD. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for everybody for listening on the show and, and always uh, checking in with us. Uh, Sal, let's wind things down here on the show. No no need to dive into this even more. Um, let's say this. Uh if anybody would like to get in, now is the time to do it, 915-505-6009. But let's give out some awards. Let's wrap this one up, and then let's preview the Middle Tennessee matchup. Actually, let's do that first. Okay. Middle Tennessee is a team in which the Miners lost to earlier this year. Uh, they lost 82, uh, 84-72, and I thought that was one of the worst losses of the year for the Miners. It was a Thursday loss. It started the month of February for them, and for uh, Middle Tennessee, they've been great all year. 
18 and 12. They lost recently to North Texas, like we mentioned, but prior to that, they had won three in a row and they had won, uh, I believe it was five of their last seven games. Um, and it's Cameron Weston, it's Eli Lawrence, it's DeAndre Dishman, guys who have been there in years past, guys who have remained on the roster. Middle Tennessee was that dark horse team last year in the CUSA tournament. They were also the team that knocked out UTEP in the CUSA tournament. Yep. Uh, this is a tough team, and for the Miners this upcoming Saturday, I do. I'll be honest, I do not expect a victory. You know what? Uh, it's it's going to be tough for sure. Um, I think the fact that at some point, right, it's a five game losing streak. You got to break that trend. I think they're going to get this one at home. You know, on the last game oh, of the man. year, I think it's there. And, and I'll bring this up too because the the final throughout the five games that they've lost, right, in a row at the Haskins Center, consider who who they've gone up against. I'll reel off some of these too. You let me know if if they're a solid team. North Texas, yes. UAB, of course. And how about Florida Atlantic, best team in the league? Charlotte right now is sitting what in a, fifth? in fifth place, and then. It, the worst loss, I guess, if you want to put it that way, has been Western Kentucky. So it's been tough. Granted, you should win some of those games at home, but the 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 trend has to buck at some point. I do think they get it done on senior night, though. Okay, all right, or I like your day. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a noon tip off, like you just mentioned. It's uh, it's one that will we will find um, we will finalize the bracket after the fact for the CUSA tournament. And if UTEP ends up as the 8th or ninth seed, they will play 5.30 March 8th. That would be against the ninth seed. So you're talking about probably a La Tech or a Western Kentucky again next Thursday, if that's the case, or next Wednesday, if mm. that's the case. And if not, if UTEP loses that one, they will play 8 o'clock next week, um, and that will be same day that uh, 8th of uh, March, and they'll have a chance to take on the seventh seed, which is likely Florida International when it's all said and done. So we'll, we'll have to we'll finalize everything on Saturday. We'll see who ends up winning and pulling it off uh, as far as the victory goes, and we'll finalize that bracket and we'll get you ready for next week in the CUSA tournament uh, to wrap up the season for the Miners. Want to also mention this really quick before we get to our awards. How about the news today, Sal? That Conference USA and the WAC are developing mm. basketball non-conference scheduling alliances. What do you think about this? Uh, you know what? I, I think it poses uh, some potentially good matchups. Some uh, I don't want to put mid-majors because in reality there's nothing major about these two conferences. But when you look at conferences that are not power conferences, essentially, you could get some pretty good matchups out of yes. it. Grand Canyon University. And I don't have the full list of uh, of teams from the WAC. I know there's going to be some uh, some additions from the WAC <laughs> over yeah. to Conference USA. So maybe there's some revenge factors there. Uh, but you could get some pretty good matchups out of it. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see that and uh, oddly enough this happens um you know going into next year the year that new mexico state is part of conference usa so utep and new mexico state likely could have been part of that challenge assuming you know this um realignment never took place. Yeah, a lot of teams out of the Lone Star State. You've got Tarleton State, uh, coached by Billy Gillespie. You have Stephen F. Austin. Jeremy Cox, UTEP assistant, has a lot of ties with. Uh, Abilene Christian, where Joe Golding yep, came from. Right. UT Arlington is in this league, and also UT Rio Grande Valley. You, you uh, had a really good name for a possible rivalry between UTEP and UT Rio Grande Valley, Sal. Yeah, uh, Battle of the Border. That's what I that think. That would be excellent. Which, whoever wins 
wins this game, it's not going to come down to who the better basketball team is. It's which Mexican food is better. Oh, in the U.S. when it comes to these two border places. Easy then. So um, don't don't let us down, man. It's let, let's see what's going on. It's it's more than just basketball. It's about food right here. Okay. Okay, I love it. I love that right there, Sal. Um, let's go to awards here on the show. First off, our hot hand of the game. This is brought to you by Keith Southwest. Uh, excuse me. This is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Excuse me. This is going to go to Calvin Solomon today. He scored 12 points of his 16 in the second half alone. Calvin Solomon with seven rebounds to finish out this one. Six of 14 uh, from the floor tonight as well. And he is our hot hand of the game. That's brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. They are the local provider of champion heating and cooling system in El Paso. And they carry many HVAC products and parts. Learn more about Wind Supply El Paso online today. WindSupplyElPaso.com or give them a call 915-859-3817 with Wind Supply El Paso. Up next is our player of the game. This is brought to you by Keith Southwest. This will go to the senior, Shamar Givens. He scored 15 tonight, and he also had six assists. He did turn the ball over five times in this one, but did add two steals in almost every single minute of action today. 39 minutes was plus 17 in terms of efficiency. Shamar Givens winning our player of the game, and that's brought to you by Keith Southwest. They are the industry leaders in precision metal stamping since 1958 with locations across uh, the U.S. and in Mexico. Learn more about Keats Southwest online today at KeatsMFG.com. That's KeatsMFG.com. Joe Chacon wrapping us up on Twitter. This team averages more fans than the league champions. Imagine what winning would do. Mm. Can't be mad about this loss. Our family had the biggest win tonight before the game started. Brock is my OG, had his fifth grade presentation of the Wizard of Oz, (laughs) and he nailed it. A minor win. Tonight would have been the cherry on top, but nothing tops being a proud dad. Hashtag watch out, Hollywood. Here comes Brock. Party like a Brock star, baby. Oh, man. Hashtag happy Friday. Hashtag minor talk. Joe Chacon hijacking minor talk to give shout out to Brock. Uh, Brock is my OG is the son. You know how there's minor talk? Huh. How about minor Brock? Oh my gosh. Okay, that's two yeah, of them. This I need is to stop. so good. Well, actually, Joe Chacon might get a tattoo of minor Brock uh, if that's the actual case. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. But uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe, consider that for the next tattoo. Minor Brock. I love yeah. it. Minor Brock. Uh, Sal, any final thoughts tonight? Um, you know what? I think um, going into this next game against Middle Tennessee, um, it's hard to make up. You know what's going to happen in that, or what happens in that game, so to speak, after it happens, because ultimately you're kind of in the same place. Seating aside, but in reality, you're still in the same place. Whether you were to, you know, sweep these two, split, or lose, you know, these two games, you want to feel as best as you can going into the conference tournament. But all that matters ultimately is playing well in the conference tournament. So let's see what they can polish up before that happens. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see what goes on in Frisco. But senior day, definitely want to, you know, have those seniors go out on a good note because you had that five game losing streak at home. Nothing to um, to write home about. However, they have a chance to, in a way, you know, right those wrongs a bit with the win on Saturday. I'll say this, Sal. I'm holding this team still to the same standard. I hold Every UTEP team got to win one game in the CUSA tournament okay. at least. 
Doesn't matter what happens Saturday. Got to win one game in the CUSA tournament at least. Uh, that'll do it for us here tonight. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradis. Thanks to the Oscar Arieta Agency for sponsoring us here on Minor Talk. And we'll be back at it on Saturday as you're listening to 600 ESPN El Paso.